This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. As they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. He is risen. 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 Good morning, everybody. So glad that you've joined us on this Easter Sunday morning. My name is Darren Davis, senior leader here at the Harbor Church. And I just want to welcome you to this powerful time that we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. He is the light in the darkness. And He is the light on the inside of us. Christ in us, the very hope of glory. One thing I want to make you aware of is that today, Harbor celebrates its 18th birthday. That is incredible. And it is a celebration and testimony of all those who call Harbor home, who have called Harbor home. And so on behalf of my wife, our staff, our entire leadership team, we just want to thank you for being a part of this community and joining us on this Sunday morning service as we worship God together. 18 years young. It's incredible. And for the last 18 years, our mission has been to see God transform people by the power of His gospel. And those transformed people be released and as ministers to go out into their spheres of influence in society and transform the world around them. So welcome. If you're a guest joining us here this morning for the first time, I just want to give a big shout out of hello to you and thank you for spending some of your Sunday morning with us. And if you would do me a favor, we'd love to connect with you. Go on our mobile app. You can download that via iTunes and click on new here and fill out a digital connection card so that we can stay connected with you. We'd love to engage with you, keep you up to date on all things happening here at the Harbor Church. Now listen, I want to thank everybody up front for their continual generosity as we've honored the Lord with the the first fruits of our income 
And that, can, that helps us just to be postured to continue impact many, many, many lives in this region, in our nation. And even now that we've gone on this digital platform with live stream in the way that we have, it's touching lives all around the world. In fact, if you're watching today, we would love to hear from you, for you to write us and say, hey, tell us your name, tell us where you're tuning in from. That'd be a real blessing. And, um, and I want to thank also all those who have, have uh, asked for for information on how our staff is doing, for all the prayers and concern with our team. You know, our entire staff, really everybody, as I was thinking about this today, is sustained financially, bivocationally, either working part-time with the harbor and then working another job, or with dual income with they and their spouse, you know, working together to provide for their family. So thank you for all of that. We really appreciate it. But what I want to do, this is just briefly, and then we're going to get into the message of, of of the Word of the Lord today, but I want to just give you our giving focus today. And I want us to, in this season of time in human history and what we're walking through with the COVID-19 virus, I want us to cultivate a heart of generosity towards each other, especially those in the harbor community who've been affected financially um, during this time of crisis and who may need help or assistance with food, groceries, Um, maybe a past-due bill, um, maybe gas for their cars, whatever that need may be. And I want us to rally around those needs, even this morning. And so if you are someone in our community who has a need in one of those areas. Now, this is crazy what we're doing this morning. I don't know how God's going to meet this need, but I'm really trusting Him. But I want you to download the mobile app if you haven't already. Go under Harbor Care and select Easter Assistance and let us know the need that you have in your life. And we will do everything in our power to try to meet that need. Now, listen, we have a certain amount of funds that are there, and this is on a first-come, first-served basis. And again, we're just putting this out there, this reverse offering really, instead of taking up an offering, we're giving out resources this morning for needs within our community. But we would love to help and sow into your life in any way that we can. Now listen, if you have more than enough and say, hey, I could, I could give extra into this fund during this time, you can text any amount to the number that you're going to see on your screen and select Harbor Gives. I believe the number is 954-773-9997 and select Harbor Gives. And, and this is really what I, what I was praying about even this morning is this is an all things in common moment for the church. And I'm talking big C church, not just the harbor, but the church globally where, you know, maybe it's time to really say, God, how can, how can I share generosity with my fellow brother or sister, whether that's through prayer, encouragement, or financial giving. And, you know, the stimulus package money, I was thinking about this. What if we all considered, if we were in a, in a good place financially, maybe sowing those resources that we get that we don't need right now into somebody else's life that does? So just be praying about that and consider that. So I'm just going to pray over this time of, of giving and, and just that all the needs in our community would be met. So would you join with me this morning? Father, you love every single person that calls the Harbor Church home. And I'm asking in Jesus' name this morning that you would meet the needs of all those in this community that that are struggling in this time because of what's happened financially during this crisis. So we just give this to you. We say we love you, we worship you, and we bless you in the name of the Lord. One thing that I just want to point out to you 
is that this week, if you are in our system and you're connected to us with those digital connection cards like I mentioned earlier, we're going to be sending out a survey just to hear back from you on how you're doing, just to get a pulse on our community and where our our church community is at. So listen, let me just, as we jump into the Word of the Lord this morning, we're in this 2020 vision series. We're looking at Jesus as the light in the darkness. And I want to give you just some context of our 18-year journey as a ministry so far. From 2003, when we launched this church, up until 2015, I really believe that that time period was a maturation process of the Harbor Ministry, which is ultimately its people, and, and especially the leaders during that time period in our journey, including myself. I look back over that, that time frame in our, in, our, in our church, and I think, wow, God, you were growing me. You were maturing me. And I want to submit this, I believe, for this very moment, getting us ready for this very moment. Now, 2015 to 2017 was, was a challenging time for me personally. I believe it was for many, many people for whatever reason. And, and I think, you know, God allows us to go through things sometimes he doesn't bring them upon us. He doesn't bring bad things into our lives, but he allows us to fellow share with him in the fellowship of his sufferings. That's what 2015 to 2017 was for me. And then 2018, leading up to this year, 2020, was it was a time of, of restoration and renewal of vision and heart and preparation for, I believe, uh, the promises that God had given us for this year to see the, an incredible thing like set into motion, right? But crazy enough, just in my own personal life, during the month, uh, month of March, the first eight days of March, um, leading up to the, to the 13th, I was in a hospital on two unrelated issues. And, and um, it, you know, just, just right before we had to cancel our large gatherings here and move to an online media and to, to minister and to equip, and, and, and we were in this shelter-in-place process. And, you know, during that time in the hospital, I really felt... I mean, discouragement come over me like never before, man. I felt the enemy speaking to my mind and saying, you know, you're such a failure. Like, look at you. Here you are in the hospital. Everything's imploding around you and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, God, would you come and would you rescue me out of this moment and relieve me from my oppression and from the oppressor that's really pushing down on me right now. Now, there's another story for another time. I, I can tell you what happened in that, in that uh, time in the hospital that brought redemption to that. But I want you to know that the disciples, as they were with Jesus, you know, they were feeling some of these exact same things around the time of Jesus' death, burial, and even during his resurrection. Because I want to take you back into that, that period of time for just a minute. And you've got to understand that they were under tremendous oppression from the, the, the nation of Rome, from that kingdom, from the emperor at the time who was conquering lands, and they wanted to not only militarily conquer the lands, but they wanted to reculturalize the people in accordance with, with, with the Roman Empire. You know, you, that's where you get the saying, um, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, because their culture was so strong, and they were wanting to come in, and they used oppression to really try to reculturalize the Jews, and they were very resistant to that. I mean, they had a, a set culture, a set DNA in their heart, and because of that, they, they weren't bending 
um, to the oppression of Rome, and it just made things worse. They started to really persecute the people. In fact, Jesus uh, was not the first Messiah by any means that said, hey, follow me and, and watch me. In fact, many, many leaders at the time were put to death, and, and they were just squashing any time of resistance. And, and in their hearts as Jews, they were looking to Mashiach, the Messiah, to come and to, to rule with, with, a, with a military arm and a political arm in the midst of their people and, and throw off their oppressors. And so even after Jesus' resurrection, when He was spending 40 days um, with His disciples on different occasions, look with me in Acts chapter 1, verse 6. It, it, it says that when they were there with Jesus, they kept asking the Lord, even at this moment, after the resurrection of Christ from the dead, they kept asking Him, Lord, has the time come for You to free Israel and restore our kingdom? You know, almost like God, enough is enough. Would You get rid of these oppressors, please? And would You, would you just come and rescue us from, from the hands of these Romans? And and, and, and I think we feel in many ways the same, you know, oftentimes through trials and, and different, uh, you know, seasons of our life. And, and listen, the Lord wants us to be attuned to His heart and His will. Because these disciples, even after His resurrection, still just didn't get it. Still just didn't get it. Because, you know, prior to this, there was this momentum of the ministry. I mean, even we saw last week, Palm Sunday, I mean, massive crowds like waving palm branches in honor of the Lord's entrance into the city and in honor of even Lazarus who had been raised from the dead like, and his entrance into the city. And they're shouting, Jesus, Jesus, the King of Israel. And when he makes his way into the city, they're thinking, oh, this is the moment. All of the momentum is here. I mean, this is the time for him to rise up in his power. I mean, by the way, I mean, he's already risen uh, a man from the dead who had been in the grave for many days. His body was, was, was decaying. I mean, he, he had healed many people from, from blindness and, and, and done many, many miracles. He had, he had fed 5,000. I mean, I mean, my goodness, if he could do those kind of creative miracles, I mean, surely he could come in power and cast off this oppression from Rome. And you know, all he did was overturn the tables in the court of the Gentiles and just make things even worse. I mean, they lowered the boom on the disciples in that time. They just, they said, hey, listen, if this is how they're going to act, I mean then we're really going to let them have it. Now, I want to just, you know, introduce a character to you this morning that, that I, I don't even think we should, any of us should cast judgment because I was thinking about it, man. How often have I been in this same spirit myself? And it was, it was one of the closest people to Jesus, and his name was Judas. And I was just, pers- you know, just thinking about maybe his perspective in this time. And he's, he's maybe thinking, you know, Maybe I need to force the Lord's hand here in this moment. Maybe, you know, after all, you know, he, maybe he just needs us as his friends to kind of push him a little bit because, you know, we saw last week that, that he had rebuked Mary for, for, for wasting this costly oil and pouring it over the feet of Jesus. I mean, they could have sold that oil that was a year's wages and given the money to the poor and saw even more movement in their ministry and see everything taken to the next level. 
So maybe he thought, you know what? I'm going to turn this guy in. And I'm going to force his hand to act. You know, sometimes maybe we just need to push a little bit to get to where we think this whole thing should go. So look with me in Matthew 27. We see the story there in verse 1. It says, very early in the morning, the leading priests and elders of the people met again to lay plans for putting Jesus to death. I mean, this was serious. I mean, this was a no-joke moment. I mean, the life of Jesus was at stake. And in verse 2, it says that they bound him and they led him away and they took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Now, verse 3 says, when Judas, who had betrayed him, realized, oh my gosh, you know, what have I done? Uh, They've condemned the Lord to die. It says that he was filled with remorse. The other word there would be regret. He he had care in his heart afterwards that they had taken him in and they were going to put him to die. And so he took the 30 pieces of silver that they had given him and, and he brought them back to the leading priests and to the elders. And he says to them, he says, I have sinned. Actually, he was able to see clearly, my gosh, I didn't even get what the Lord was up to. And I tried to push him into this moment. And what wrong have I done? And, many, and he said, I've sinned. I betrayed an innocent man. And actually, in other translations, it says not only innocent man, it says innocent blood. I mean, he had lived a perfect life. He had had done nothing wrong. He was not deserving of any type of arrest, let alone death. And Judas was now responsible for pushing him into this moment. And they said to him, what do we care? They retorted, that's your problem. And look at this with me. He came under such condemnation on how he had missed, actually, the whole thing that God was up to that, that he threw down the silver coins and he went out and hung himself. I mean, now that spirit of death jumped on him. I mean, that's how strong condemnation could be. Now, I want to remind you of something out of Jewish culture. It was during this time of Passover that fathers would teach their sons how to remove all of the leaven from their home. In other words, get rid of this one item completely out of their houses. I want you to think about the life of Jesus for just a minute. You know, he was an example of getting rid of anything and everything that took him away or out of or got him distracted from the perfect will of the Father. To be in tune with perfect perception of what the father was up to what the father was saying what the father was doing and this was the whole intention of passover it was it was what that 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 level of obedience that we could enter into where we could hear god we could respond to god listen i don't know who you are this morning i don't know where you're at with jesus i don't know what's going on in your heart i don't know where you've been spiritually but this is this is a possibility for you as well This is a possibility for everybody that's ever lived, that's ever been born, that's been created in the image of God. You see, we are to reflect the nature of our Father, the one who has created us and and, and made us. And Jesus would enter in uh, to this type of, of, of interaction with the Father, and he would say to him, not my will, but yours be done. 
I want your interpretation of what's going on right now, not my own. I don't want to force your hand on anything. That's why when the enemy tried to get Jesus to jump from the temple, he said, listen, we're not here to test God. That's not even his will for me right now. Though he would and could protect me, I'm not going to do it. Instead, he asked questions like this, God, who are you? Oh my goodness, could you just go there with me for a minute? God, who are you? Could that be the cry of our hearts in this moment that's been so confusing? Where it's, it, you know, everything's trying to take from us and, our, and get our distract, just get us distracted, get us in a swirl. Could we just push that aside for a minute, even just this morning, and say, God, who are you? What are you doing right now on the earth? What, even more, what are you saying right now to the world? Because you can't make this stuff up. This, this, these kind of things that was going on with Jesus back in the day, 2,020 years ago, it's, it's, it's eerily similar. <laughs> Different but similar, right? Because I want to I just submit something to you. I believe this is just a warm-up for us to be positioned to see one of the greatest moves of God ever hit the world. And so here's a premise for us this morning. I believe how the world sees us respond now in this moment will give us credibility and trust with them in future moments. And so I am in this time like saying, God, I want you to do something in me. I want to be so attuned to your will, to your heart, to what you're up to. I don't want to push you towards my agenda, towards what I think should be happening right now. I want to know you. I want to yield to your will. I believe it's not a time for us to rise up as much as it is a time for us to go low, for humility to be our posture where we get clarity of vision on the resurrected Jesus and what his kingdom is all about and what it looks like. Look with me in Acts chapter 1. It says, during verse 3, the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Listen, God right now is showing up on the earth in the same way he did back then. Maybe not physically like they saw him literally, but, but, but we are seeing God move. I just found out today that, that one of the largest prayer movements in, in history is, is, is being formed right now by collaborations of churches and movements all over the world. One focus and attention as one body, never before in the human history. I mean, that is another sign that Jesus is showing up and proving to us that that he's still alive. I mean, we sang about it tonight. He's not just the light on the darkness, but he's the light on the inside. People's lives are being changed unlike any time in human history. We're seeing moves of God happen in Asia and Latin America and by the grace of God in America. It's, it's incredible what's going on right now. It's, you know, people are still getting healed. People are still getting set free. And it's Jesus trying to show us that he's still alive. And it says that he talked to them about the kingdom of God, about his ways of what he was up to. It wasn't a political kingdom. You know, it wasn't just a social justice kingdom. It was, it, was, it was a kingdom of His love. It was a kingdom of His presence. It was a kingdom that was transforming lives. And He told them, and as I wrap this up, He says that there was power 
available to, for them to live a life of impact. Listen, if you're out there just trying to manage your sin or trying to get by from day to day, listen, you're missing the whole point of the gospel. Jesus not only rose again from the dead, but he promised that he would send his spirit to live on the inside of us. He told them, in fact, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift I promised. The Holy Spirit, verse 5, is going to come and he's going to baptize you. In other words, you're going to be immersed. You're going to be consumed by me. You're going to have a grace over your life to do things and live away with peace and, 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 and contentment in your heart that you were never able to do out in your own ability. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to be able to have, have courage in the face of, of moments when you should have fear. Where there was once ashes, God's going to come in, on the inside, from the inside out and, and give you beauty to your life again. Your marriage is not going to be broken. There's no longer going to be addiction. You're not going to struggle. It's, 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 it's going to be an otherworldly kind of life. Come on, somebody. Listen, do we crave that? Or do, do we just want to go about life as normal? But they still just didn't get it. Because where we started this morning is where I want to end. In verse 6, God, is it your time right now? Your time has come for you to free us from our oppressors. Gosh, I, I, I'm like you. I, I, don't, I don't like problems. I don't like challenges. Hard times are difficult. I want them to go away as much as you do. But what God wants to happen right now is for us to be changed from the inside out to be transformed for real because that's what he came to give his life he didn't come to give his life for no other reason he came to give it so that so that we could be changed so that we could we could be conformed and restored into his likeness it was his broken body his shed blood that that made it possible for us to be restored in perfect union with the father for us us to be freed from our sins free from our brokenness Look at this reply as we get ready to go back into worship. Verse 7, he said, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. In other words, why are you focusing on that? I mean, honestly, I don't even want to hear right now in this time about, is this the end of days? Is, is Jesus coming back tomorrow? He may be, but what, he, what, what more would I want to hear about is, are we being transformed? Are we really being the church? Are we really people that are attuned to his heart and we can hear his voice and we're not trying to push our agenda? We're not trying to create a church that's, that he's not even found in. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he says, verse 8, he says, you're going to be my witnesses. And you're going to tell people about me everywhere you go. It's not going to have any limits on it. It's going to be in Jerusalem, this epicenter of religion that was messed up, that, that, that had people sitting under, it says, the shadow of death. I mean, my God, we don't want to produce that. What's the answer? What is, what is God wanting to do through it? He's, he's, he said, I'm going, to, I'm going to raise you up as witnesses, like, yes, with your words, but even more with your actions. You're going to carry something that the world has never seen. It's going to be in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and it's going to go to the ends of the earth. As we go back into worship, 
because today's a moment for us. I'm telling you, I, I, I've never felt like this before. It's, it's a moment, not only today, but in this time that we're in right now, to be encountered by God for real. You may know Him, you may have been going to church your whole life, you may be watching this or any something like this for the very first time. I don't know. But I want to tell you, there's no name like the name of Jesus. He has no rival. He has no equal. Death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him. Let's go before his throne and let's ask him to come and meet with us on this day.
with me in Acts chapter 1 verse 9 it says after saying this he talking about Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him and as they strained to see him rising into heaven verse 10 says two white robed men stood suddenly among them and in verse 11 they said men of Galilee why are you standing As I was praying about this message, I feel like some people have been stuck, and they've been stuck for a while. And God wants to release you from from that place of stagnation, and He wants to get movement going in your spirit again. He He wants to put fire in your soul. He wants to put hope in your heart. And this may be a very unorthodox Easter. It is for me. I mean, this is just weird. I never thought in a million years we'd be doing Easter services like this. But what I tell you, and I say it straight from the heart, is, man, God wants to do something. Even though everything looks different, it's, it's, we're not in this place of familiarity. We're not going to be able to focus on Jesus and just kind of have Him in, in the, fashioned into this form that we think that we can control. Like They're like, listen, He's went away. You can't find Him anymore. Why are you just standing here? Get moving. I want to just speak this over you from the words of the song that was just sung. We said of Jesus, but it's, it's, it's true of you too if you can be found in Him. Death cannot hold you. 
The heavens right now are roaring over your life with the praise of His glory. You, if you give your life to Jesus, say, Lord, you have me. You, I, I, I give you everything. It's just that simple. Accept His, his death, His burial and resurrection as a full atonement for all of your sins, all of your brokenness, all of the messed up stuff, and He will take a hold of your heart. You will never be the same. You've been raised to life again resurrection power on the inside thank you Jesus Lord would you come would you come and bring us into that place of intimacy with you would you come would you encounter us like we've never been encountered before We've met with you today. We've heard from you during worship. We've seen your word. We don't want to be like Judas. In fact, I break off any and all condemnation over anybody's life in the name of the Lord. Life. Live. Life abundantly. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us this morning. I want to give you some final thoughts. I'm asking that you would consider following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I, I think this is more than just an appeal for us to get more followers. We don't care about that. It's a way for us to stay connected. It's a way for us to spread the gospel. Like, comment, and share on these posts. Subscribe if you haven't already to our Harbor YouTube channel, iTunes, podcasts as well. And we would love for you to post photos and poems and spoken words and testimonies of how Easter this year, Good Friday, whatever it is, has impacted your life and put hashtag Harbor Easter 2020. And then all things happen digital with the Harbor Church are found on our website at www.harborchurch.org. Thank you for joining us. May you have a blessed time with your family or friends or wherever you may be. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.